What's up? It's here, the herd on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Neil Noonan, and alongside me, staff writer, Bison Sports, it's Mike Still. How you doing, man? Doing great. Loving the energy in here already. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Gonna be a great day. Without a doubt. Uh, we finally are getting some uh, some nice weather here around Winnipeg. It looks like it's dropping the single digits, so uh, we'll take that here in the midst of January, but... It wouldn't be a Bison Sports show without some Bison talking. You know where we're starting with, man. It's got to be men's basketball with a huge matchup this past weekend against number nine ranked in the country, Saskatchewan Huskies. And, I mean, the exclamation mark of uh, the weekend for sure in uh, in the Bison world is uh, Kieran Ziwa's uh, buzzer-beating three to take down the team on the Saturday night. The floor is open to you, man. Uh, what an incredible weekend for that team. Uh, most likely we'll probably stay around that 9-10 mark in uh, the U Sports rankings in the top 10. Uh, we'll see, but uh, how did you feel after that shot? Man, so I, I have a lot of thoughts on this weekend. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> That's what we're here for. And then we're really going to do a deep dive after that on the schedule a little bit and talk about where the Bisons are with their schedule compared to Calgary and Alberta. I got the RPI ready, man. Perfect. I love it. My main man, Neil, always on top of things here. Also, I want to hear your thoughts maybe a bit on, on the basketball side, too, because I know that that's your your stream of things as well. But from my perspective, first and foremost, I mean, for anyone that wasn't at the game, obviously, uh, Bisons were able to get this done this weekend on the Saturday without Rashawn Brown. He injured his, uh, I think it was his quad or his uh, something in that area. His upper, upper leg, upper as leg. the hockey uh, crowd says. Quad or thigh. Um, looked like he just got bumped on it a little bit there. Uh, but knee to the thigh for sure on the replay, absolutely. Yeah, looked like a Charlie horse maybe or something like that. Nonetheless, um, obviously the team was without their leader out there, and I was really impressed by Andre Arruda, the way he stepped up on offense. Career high. Career high. I think it was 24 for you him got that it, night. Yep. Absolutely tremendous. His strength is obviously the three ball when he's on offense, but he can make things happen in transition as well. And he's constantly asked to, to guard the other team's best defender, and he does it so well. His stats don't always show up as glamorous on the score sheet, and that's something like Kirby Shep has said all season about Andre, is that he's somebody that just does the dirty work. You know, He's, he's not going to get you a double-double a game, but he's going to lock down the te- other team's best offensive player. He's going to give you a chance on the other side in transition, which is where the Bisons have a lot of success. And I thought he played absolutely tremendously. And on Kieran Ziwa in that Saturday game, I mean, talk about a guy. Neil, talk about a guy that's confident. I asked uh, I had Joel Aduque in my office yesterday uh, for a story, and I asked Joel, I said, bro, like, when he made that shot, like, what was the actual play call? Because I'm sure it wasn't for him to bounce the ball around and then shoot a three with two guys in his face at the exact same time. And Joel was like, no, man, we didn't know what he was doing when he went and took that ball out. Because, like, you know, James has it. He feeds it to Kieran right around the elbow, I'd say, and then, like, you could tell they were trying to get something going, and it just wasn't there. So then Kieran just goes, screw it, looks at the clock, sees the time, bounces it down, says no time on the clock, with two guys in his face, contested fadeaway three bank shot. 
get off the court buzzer beater. I was like, oh man, that play, I don't, it's not just this, that play is going to be iconic for like the rest of the history of Bison basketball. That was, that was about the, that was the, the definition of somebody having ice in their veins, but not just that. That's the definition of a player that has nothing but confidence in himself. That he said, I'm going to win us a game right now. I don't care if there's three guys on me. I'm just going to take this shot. I love that. That's the kind of shot that Coach Kirby Shep has been asking Kieran to take. He said, be confident in yourself. That's a confident shot. And if Kieran's confident and you get Rashawn back and we can win with a, that lineup with or without Rashawn, man, look out. We can play anybody. Yeah, this team's special. And uh, they got a vibe on them right now, you know. And I'm a huge believer in the secret of basketball, that it's not about basketball. And these guys can do it on the court, but uh, they seem to be really all for one each other, one, one another as well, right? And even just seeing RB struggle to run onto the court with the rest of his uh, teammates uh, to, to lift a Ziwa up. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that's going to take them far into the season, right? And uh, Kieran is right there as far as like the most important pieces because he can do exactly what RB is doing, right? As just run the offense, be that guard that can play high pick and roll in James kind of thing and make those shots with that confidence, right? And it was, I think it was like 90 seconds or two minutes before that, he hit another three. That was huge uh, coming down the stretch, right? So uh, a, just an unbelievable clutch performance from this guy. And uh, you mentioned Aruda. I think he had seven threes, 24 points, career high. James was also big in the third quarter. They were running their offense through him. Cam on both ends just making these big plays. Speaking of a guy that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, I mean... He took a couple charges. He had some blocks as well. Uh, this, the big guy is just so smart down low. They just really got performances from everybody, right? And then, then the day later, Ricky hitting a huge shot, right? Like they just have these sparks off the bench and even in their starting lineup that can really just kind of plug all these holes. Regardless, if you're missing your best player for uh, what? It was like five of the eight quarters this weekend. And uh, this team's really, really special. They're They're super fun to watch. And I think... You could probably ask all of them, like, getting the split with Sask this weekend was just big time, right? Because, again, no Rashawn Brown getting the split with the number nine team in the country. Uh, the RPI, we'll talk about a little bit, hasn't changed much at all. They're still sitting at four um, in Canada West, and Saskatchewan's actually at six now as far as the RPI goes. And RPI... Very simply, it's just the, it's kind of, it takes in the strength of schedule, right? Because there's just so many teams in Canada West, everyone can't play each other. So standings can mean one thing if you're playing a certain uh, strength of teams, and then it can mean another thing on the other end as well. So that's where RPI comes in. But 12-2, and two, just an amazing season for this uh, men's basketball team. And Sunday, again, they were right there. In, in it at the end and I mentioned that Ricky shot uh, Ziwa almost came up with a, with a clutch uh, move again but man I just love this team you could feel it in IGAC it's just a special feeling and uh, I just can't wait to see what the future holds for these guys coming uh, February and hey who knows maybe March absolutely I mean 
Let's think back for a second here. 2016-17, the last time the Bisons were at Nationals. I had the honor and the privilege of being at that national tournament to cover every game the Bisons were at there and follow them along their journey to get there, too. I was not in the city, obviously, I was in Halifax, but that was such a pleasure. And I just think about pieces of that team and what made them so special. You had guys at the guard position like A.J. Bassey, who made that three against UBC, um, the 19-1 and UBC Thunderbirds during that postseason stretch. Justice Aline, Alarian Bond. Um, Keith O'Mara, uh, 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 Brett Jewell, guys like Joey Nidichor, guys like that who are, who are all great players. But if you think about it, that team was really a team of their starters and then like one or two guys off the bench. It wasn't a team that had a long depth of guys they could rotate in and they could, they could have meaningful minutes or even not necessarily meaningful minutes, but maybe like somebody's in foul trouble. Like even, for example, we saw Kieran was in foul trouble in that first night. We were able to sub, like you said, Ricky into the game, Tremaine into the game at times just to at least take a little bit of pressure at the end of quarters off of people like that that were in foul trouble. Same thing with Cam. If he ran into foul trouble, boom, Isaac Miller-Jost comes into the game. And if he runs into foul trouble, boom, Joel Duque comes into the game. So there's all these pieces you can plug in. And they didn't have that kind of depth in 16, 17, and they still made it to nationals because they had an incredibly talented shooting team, great defensive team. We still have those qualities, but now we just have a bit more depth. I'm going to make a bold prediction right here. I'm going to say the Bisons make it to nationals this season. I, love I just it. I, I love feel it. it in my heart, and I think we can beat anybody in this conference, uh, especially when it comes down to the clutch. I just believe in this team. I really do, uh, and I'm pumped. i got to ask you, Neil, um, is it UBC that's third in the RPI above us? Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. it's Calgary, Alberta, UBC, us, and then uh, Victoria, Saskatchewan, and then Fraser, Thompson Rivers, right. Regina. So yeah. if I'm being honest here, I'm looking at the conference right now, and and I don't mean to f- throw shade on any other team, but I think it's a six-person race right now, uh, if you look at it. UBC split UVic. UVic got one game against them this past weekend, uh, and I looked at I did a deep dive on the schedule yesterday, and it does not get any easier for the teams that are above us. So uh, Alberta still has to play Calgary still this season, and I believe they have Sask as well, uh, and Calgary's schedule again. They've got Alberta, and I believe I believe they both play SAS. Like SAS schedule doesn't get any easier. Calgary's isn't any easier. Alberta's, Alberta's isn't any easier. Granted, our schedule isn't exactly easy either. We've got UVic in a couple weeks, and Regina's always a tough play, and that's this weekend at home. Uh, so those would be tough series. But realistically, like I think Bison's can sweep this out, win basically our last six. If we do that, we kind of if we need to kind of hope that uh, Calgary takes both against Alberta. Because if Alberta and Calgary split, that doesn't really help us much because Alberta has a chance to still only have one loss. Right. And Calgary would only have one loss. That throws our chance of hosting uh, the, a quarter and a semi kind of out the window. So uh, ideally speaking, we kind of have to hope for a sweep from Calgary in that series and then just sort of see what happens in the playoffs. I mean, it's still in our hands. Obviously, Faint is in our hands still. And I'm really looking at that. I, don't, I really don't want to overlook Regina because I know that they play us tough every single year. Prairie opponents are always that way. This weekend will be big. It will be big for sure. But I like our chances on home court, and I like our chances against a team in Regina that's good, but I wouldn't say as strong as that Saskatchewan team that we faced this weekend was. Uh, So I... I'm, I'm excited for that, but I'm also thinking about that UVic series uh, coming up in a couple of weeks just because of how tough they played UBC. I mean, UVic isn't at 100% right now. The leading rebounder in the conference, Dominic Oliveri, he's been out for a couple of weeks now. I don't know if he's going to be back by that series. That is really going to be an X factor is whether or not he plays because he's the conference's leading rebounder. If he's in that game, it forces our bigs to do a little bit more work and really make their efforts on the offensive and the defensive glass. Uh, if he is not playing, it certainly frees 
that up at least a little bit because uh, uh, Uvic has a couple injuries to their uh, to their starting rotation, not just Oliveri. Uh, I think a couple of their bigs are hurt, so they're going to be relying a lot a lot on big man Matt Ellis who had a career night against UBC in that first game against them I believe 38-39 points so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but again I just think our depth it's hard to stop the depth we have so it's going to be something to watch out for for sure but yeah this team is tremendous uh, and you know they're all in on each other like you said and these guys have a great relationship both on and off the court and just like Kieran said in a piece when I interviewed him uh, a little while back he said these guys for the majority have been playing together for four seasons now three four seasons they know each other they understand each other they have that communication they don't get flustered they were down by 13 on multiple occasions against Saskatchewan in that Sunday game they rallied they took it to over over time, obviously not the outcome we wanted, but they stayed calm in the moment and gave themselves a chance to win. And that's really all that you can ask is just put yourself in a position to win. They did that with players playing banged up all throughout the lineup. And, and that's absolutely tremendous. And one final thought from me. This team still hasn't lost a game in regulation all year. Our other loss against Lethbridge was also in overtime. I mean, we're, we're competitive in every game. There's not been a game where, obviously, I mean, even those two losses. Yeah, all the way to extras. So, I mean, I'm going to bet on us all the way. Yeah, and you're right. They're in every game no matter what, right? I mean, the record speaks for itself, but... Even against Saskatchewan, I mean, going to overtime on the Sunday, right? And I, I just actually saw this box score for the first time. I didn't realize Kieran hit seven threes <laughs> on that Sunday, right? I mean, he really stepped up big again. And uh, we just have the guys that can really come up at the end. I mean, having both Brown and Ziwa that can create their own shot, and then you got smart bigs who can make the right pass, whether it's James or, or, or Ruda. And then you got you got Ruda and, and Ricky on the wings that can hit threes too, right? So... You're right. Sticking with any team and being able to be there at the end, yeah, I'm going to take this Bison's team more often than not, right? They just have the right guys. Uh, it's going to be curious to see what uh, what the men's top 10 looks like uh, when it comes out with men's basketball. But, yeah, I, I love this team. I, lo- I, love, uh, I love the hot take of yours. I don't even want to say it's a hot take because uh, they're so good about getting, uh, getting to nationals. Things got to bounce, right? But... Uh, yeah, going 6-0 and uh, from here on out is an entire possibility for sure. Um, if they play their game, they should go 6-0. and And, uh, yeah, having having this team at home would be awesome in the Canada West Finals. It, we would just fill IGAC for sure. It would be a rocking atmosphere. Um, this team has just been a, a super fun team to watch grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing them all, and I mean, we only have, I mean, Arby's the only senior on this team, right? But a lot of these guys, like you said, have been here for four or three years, right? Like, they have a core that has been together for a long time. And it's really so special to see them all clicking right now uh, when, it, when it really matters going into February. I'll touch on the women's side quickly, playing the best team in the country. I mean, Sass coming in here national team coach lots of national team players as well i mean they're they're just super super talented and we saw that on display but uh the bison should be proud of themselves i mean they they're they always put together stretches where like oh these these girls can play with the best of the best right and they're right in the thick of it when it comes to the canada west standings um they're probably not going to host a matchup but they can definitely be spoilers when it comes down to it too what did you see this weekend from the women's side yeah so uh, i talked to michelle obviously after the second game and 
she was just describing, I asked her, what did she learn from playing against the best team in the nation? And basically what she said is uh, the team realized, and she realized that, um, you know, they've been trying to execute their game plans, obviously, but that needs to be a little bit of tweaking that way. Uh, and that they haven't, they, they had a game plan coming in against Sask, but it didn't necessarily play out the way that they thought it would, and it made her realize that it's something that they sort of still need to look at. Um, and also Taylor Randall, um, veteran guard on this team, had also mentioned that they have won, they've played in one ugly this year. Like, you know, they've just battled. They've just been a team that sort of, they're not doing it maybe by the book, but they're just sort of grinding it out type of situation. They're a scrappy team. Absolutely. And, I mean, this is a, this is a team that I would say they're small. Like, let's be honest. We do not have the most height in the conference. Dana Inglis has obviously got, gives us some height, and Addison Martin is great and physical. But for the most part, we are a smaller team that really executes things well through our guards, uh, and that's led by Taylor Randall and Captain Keziah Brothers, but also Lauren Bartlett, the first-year rookie, playing tremendously for us on both ends of the floor. Really valuable on defense, but also a facilitator on offense, taking some pressure off Taylor, finally having a true point guard uh, you know, that can come in, and the two of them can sort of switch time that way. Uh, and and just do their own thing as well. Uh, and then obviously you also have um, Deidre out there, Deidre Bartlett, who can make some shots and, and make some plays as well for the team. So there's quite a few options out there for the Bisons at guard. And then obviously forwards, there's also some depth there too. So you can kind of play around the matchups uh, and just work work around it that way. Uh, if I'm looking at the women, obviously, yeah, I mean, it's like the, the first game, we're right in it. Like at halftime, it was a very close game. I think it was seven points, very close. And then Sask went on that 17-0 to uh, zero run in the third quarter and really kind of put control in their Their favorites. defense was incredible during that stretch. Yeah, and that's what a veteran team will do, right? I mean, and for Pete's sake, Sask is so big. I mean, they're absolutely massive. And they really just, I think, grinded it out inside the paint and they did that again in the second game where they again had a very strong start to the third quarter so uh, for a Manitoba team first and foremost it's about you know obviously playing the full four quarters and and really just working their butts off that way but uh, this is a resilient team and you mentioned it you said you have a perfect word to describe the team they're scrappy you know they just they battle they fight um, and even yeah they win ugly and sometimes that's just what you got to do and again they've been in the playoffs the past two years and obviously not the result they want with a first round loss in the play-in series but this squad has postseason experience now and I think it's just a matter of time until they bust up over that hump and Michelle's always going to have the girls ready to go you know she's absolutely tremendous at, at going in and getting a game plan focused and ready and and, and sort of knowing what the team is going to need uh, and there's not going to be no difference the rest of the way and I'm really excited to see what this can, team can do down the stretch I think we can play spoiler for sure uh, and uh, yeah just go in there and, and have some competitive matchups again we've got some some uh, interesting games coming up as well but uh, right in the thick of things I think around seventh or eighth in the standings so right in the hunt yeah for a play-in series game and again that's where Manitoba has been the last two years so they have experience in that department you know a road game is is nothing new to them that way so Excited to see what happens, and they're definitely right in it. And and also, I mean, keeping in mind with the roster, obviously Emma Thompson is a veteran forward. She graduates uh, at the end of this year. But after that, I mean, this is also a roster that's quite young. They've got uh, quite a few pieces in place, and they're going to be very strong this year, but also in the next years to come as well, too. So keep an eye on them. Um, always well coached with Michelle Sung and always in the hunt of things uh, with the roster that we have. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, they're right there tied 7-7, seven and seven, uh, kind of like the seventh spot with Thompson Rivers, Victoria. Uh, RPI is a little bit different, but there's 13 teams in 12 spots right now when you're looking at the standings in Canada West for women's basketball. Trinity Western is about two, three games behind Mount Royal and UNBC, so... 
nothing is set. There's still six games for a lot of these teams, right? But uh, Manitoba, if uh, they take care of business, uh, I love them going into the playoffs and uh, rooting someone's uh, chances, right? And seeing what they could do. Uh, really t- uh, fun team to watch. The other teams that were in IGAC this weekend, Super Saturday was was crazy. Having four games. Uh, then we got women's hockey over in the Flem. It was a lot of fun on campus this weekend, but... Uh, UBC, uh, storming campus, uh, coming in to, to play our volleyball teams and uh, very similar to our men's basketball team. I kind of have the same vibe from our men's volleyball team. And I mean, this is top down. It comes from uh, an incredible veteran coach in Garth Pischke. But I mean, they fought this UBC team so well, who's extremely talented and big. But, I mean, I think they had four. I mean, they got swept three nothing, three nothing on Friday and Saturday night. But. They went, I think, four sets, 26-24. This team is also very scrappy and resilient, and I don't even think they played their best. Um, They definitely could have stole a few sets this, uh, this year, but I love the vibe of this team. I love how they think they think that and they feel that they can beat anybody that comes into their gym. And I feel like that was a big thing this weekend where UBC, the better team, higher in the standings, but uh, they fought them super hard. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Garth after the second game and he had actually, interesting you mentioned that, Neil. He had mentioned this was the best series they played all season. And look at that, in 0-3, 0-3, right? Precisely, yeah. yeah, because of the scores, right? It was a 26-24, 25-23, and 25-20 or 25-21. Yeah. So they were not getting blown under the water. And he had mentioned too, like, um, UBC's played Alberta as well. Alberta's a, a strong team and Alberta hadn't gotten that result against UBC. So, and yeah, I mean, like, we are undersized as, as a team. You know, of course, we're, especially we're, with worn out, right? Especially with Brendan Warren for sure. Zach Jansen, he he's an admir- admirable middle, but he's a little undersized. He's got a, that nice little like touch off of his spike that that he's able to sort of position well. Um, and he's a former setter. Uh, he's also a former left side, so he understands the game really well. So what he does, what he lacks in size, he makes up for it in sort of uh, IQ, but also in just his his determination. And that could be same. The same could be said for Owen Schwartz. I mean, he's the smartest player on the court. Uh, he doesn't spike the ball down, uh, but he just knows where to place it you know he finds the open holes on the court and his he just gets it done. and then you got Ben Carlton and Kevin Negus let's start with Carlton I mean if you look at from the, first, the start of the season uh, to now you would see that Kevin Negus leads the conference in kills per set at four, over four kills per set but you also look at his total attacks like he had well over 400 total attacks like it was running through him. The offense ran through Kev. You knew, and I think teams could start of, sort of start to game plan around that a little bit. But now Ben has really come in here and, and started to, to get it going. And he had just as many attacks uh, this weekend as, as Kev did. So now we're starting to sort of get the variation going where it's coming from Kev. It's coming from, and that opens up everybody else too. It opens up Zach. It opens up Darian, who had a really good weekend for us as well in the middle. And it also opens things up for, for Owen too, yeah. So it's, it gives us a lot of options. And when you have a setter like Jack Magic who can just put it, wherever uh, and is, uh, he's got great chemistry already with Owen uh, it makes us a team that's tough to play against so um, yeah really excited to see what happens down the stretch and now that it's getting closer to playoffs you can tell that Garth is just locked in with the guys and, and that they're really focused in on this last little stretch so going to be fun to watch uh, here come the postseason and of course when we see these guys at Nationals yeah I love what you said about Carlton because I mean we've watched this guy play uh, from the beginning right uh, coming in last year as a rookie and I noticed it the most this weekend, Uh, maybe because it was like one of his most solid weekends, but he's just, he's playing with more finesse than power. You know, he's a big guy, heavy hand for sure, but 
he's just he's I don't want to say aiming that's such a silly word when it comes to volleyball but like he's just putting the ball on the mark a lot more and taking he's instead of hitting it at 110% he's hitting it at 95 but it's it's staying in the court a little bit more right and having that second attacker is big time like you mentioned going to Kev over and over and over again it's it's easy for a team to come in and game plan for that but when you have a couple guys and you got Schwartz coming in every once in a while uh, just the more weapons, the better. And, and Jack's doing a really good job of uh, distributing as well. Um, uh, yeah, I love this team. Very similar to the women's basketball uh, standings, though. When it comes to Canada West men's volleyball, looks like there's nine teams for eight spots. And Manitoba's right there on the edge at seven and nine. Mount Royal right below them at six and ten. And then you got Thompson Rivers at three and 13. So there's kind of a little bit of a break. But Manitoba's going to be right there and uh, see where they land. But tons of fun to watch anytime they're in the gym on the other side with the women i mean we say it every week right they're they're a super young team and there's tons of bright spots uh ubc they actually like stealing that first set on on the saturday was big time they're they're really starting to figure it out i think when light uchuchuku plays really well i think that's when this team is at their best uh she she's going to be a weapon for them for years to come uh, I really like when Kaziah Hefner's in as well. I think she's a really steady force, and 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 Bentley he knows that this is this is a project that they're building towards the next like three four years, right? He's been with this squad for almost a decade, which is which is just crazy, just almost uh, unheard of for a coach to be with a single team for ten plus. Will will most likely be fifteen plus years. Um, but I love seeing uh, the seniors playing really well, too. Uh, Booker had some stretch this weekend, right? Uh, Alcock as well. I think he's uh, probably been their best player this year kind of thing. Um, anything you wanted to tip off on uh, as far as uh, women's volleyball goes? Yeah, I mean, I talked to Ken after the second game, and obviously he had mentioned yeah the struggles with serve-receive being the most important thing. I mean, you mentioned Light, and Light is... You know, I mean, Light's playing backcourt play right now, too. She's playing as an outside hitter when she did play middle in high school. So there's that adjustment to having to be in the back. And you can tell teams are, are targeting her on serve receive. And she's had a little bit of a struggle that way. But I love her tenacity and her dedication is, you know, she struggled a bit with that. But she's also just playing so well offensively, like you mentioned, Neil. And we do so well when she is, you know, getting those kills going for her. So um, I like the fact that she's been able to sort of keep that in her mind. You sort of not keep that in the back of her mind and just keep on playing. And... I've loved the play of of, of, of Jaden Spencer in the middle coming yes. in for Grace Vandermeer. Kiralee Abbott's been the leader for this team. Obviously, uh, she's playing left side when she played right side most of her career. There's been in, obviously there. I mean, it's important to remember the injury too that happened uh, to to one of our veteran fifth years this year, Laura Finley, um, and that is a key, very key contributor for of us. Course. I would say was our best player uh, down the stretch last season. So it's important to remember that she has been out all year with a, she had surgery. So um, Kiralee playing uh, Admiral and Laura Hill too you mentioned this team's going to be good for a number of years and right now they're just building for the future for, for sure lots to like Unfortunately, we weren't able to get to the teams on the ice this week, but uh, both getting the split against UBC, so uh, big for them. Again, two two teams just kind of mucking it up in the standings right now in, <laughs> in the thick of things. But this weekend, uh, Bell Let's Talk uh, Day, which is uh, really important, of course. Uh, we're going to be, we got Regina coming into to IGAC uh, for uh, men's and women's basketball. And then men's hockey is back at home after two weeks away. Uh, they're also against Regina. So Regina, coming in, just like UBC last weekend, we got uh, one school and three teams teams coming in uh, should be a really good day again uh, 
Friday, the the 24th, is our Bell Let's Talk Day. So uh, any sort of support. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you want to bring us out with uh, with any thoughts on Bell Let's Talk Day. I know it's a very important day for you as well. Yeah, uh, just a reminder to people that, uh, you know, you're never alone out there. And just keep this conversation going. Um, I You know, I, I had a conversation this week with somebody where they feel like, you know, they're struggling as well, but they don't want to speak about it because they still feel there's a stigma surrounding mental health. And I'm just here to say that that's not the case. Um, you know, you can talk about the way that you feel you know it's okay to not be okay uh, and if you're struggling there's always someone out there that is there to support you and to to get you through those tough times so uh it's never a bad time to talk to someone and it's important to get that stuff off your chest especially if it's causing you stress so um uh, i'm always there for anybody that needs some help too you know you can contact your boy and uh, i'm always there to listen and there's always going to be someone that way too you're never alone uh, keep that in mind and let's make it not just a day every day mental health matters thank you very much i love it so very well said thank you for tuning in to hear the herd on 101.5 umfm stick around lots of music and talk radio here on the station we'll talk to you next week hopefully we'll see you on campus this weekend